Welcome to Mortgage Broker Acceleration with James Vagley and Ash Playstead. Being a successful mortgage broker is not just about offering great rates and great service. You need to become the best marketer, leader and strategist to outthink your competition. If you want to grow your mortgage business and do it smarter, keep listening. If you want to accelerate even faster, visit www.brokerworkshop.com. That's brokerworkshop.com. Now, let's accelerate. Here's James and Ash. Hey, everybody. It's James Vagley, and welcome aboard. It's another episode of the MBA podcast. This is episode 103. 103. We're talking about leveraging networking groups, and um, I've got my main man, Ash Plaisted, as always, with me in the co-pilot seat. Uh, what's the view like from today? Uh, great to be in a t- chair with you, James. I'm looking forward to this topic. Actually, this is a really interesting topic, and it's been a topic for as long as I've been in business, which is quarter of a century plus. So, yeah, let, let's dive into where we're heading with this. Exactly. And you're right. Like, networking groups are about as old as the ages. I mean, there's been uh, chambers of commerce and other environments. Business networking is one of the oldest things that has been around in business. So it's nothing new. But what we want to talk about today is a little bit newer. It's a little bit of a twist on how you guys, the listeners, can start to leverage these networking groups. And by networking groups, Ash, we're talking about things like uh, BNI, Business Networking International, I think that's the name of it, um, mm-hmm. and the like. There would be another dozen of similar types of communities, uh, whether it's a local chamber of commerce, a business networking group, community-based, state-based, area-based, could be online, could be offline. There's a lot of them. Uh, it's probably not so important today about which ones you should look to um, join. Today, I think we want to go from two perspectives, Ash. One is if you're going to be involved in networking groups, how do you effectively leverage them? And number two, then we can talk about a little bit of an advanced strategy, which is actually creating your own networking group. And that's something some of our clients have done, something we've done in our business. We'll talk about that as well. So let's go into leveraging networking groups because I'm guessing, Ash, a lot of our listeners are probably in a BNI. They might go networking occasionally. And I'm guessing for most people, they kind of don't like it. They go because they think they need to. They might be a bit of a wallflower um, struggle having those conversations, don't really know how to ask for business. It's just a bit awkward. How do we start mm. to really uh, master that art of leveraging those networking groups? Mm, I'm glad you mentioned the word art because it is a little bit of an art. But I just want to take a step back to answer your question. So I, I think it really starts, as I say, one step back with figuring out what type of networking group you're thinking of and there's really two categories they do split down into smaller categories but there's two big main categories and i would define them as one incidental networking groups i.e it's a organization you know rotary apex chamber of commerce whatever it happens to be they meet for other purposes they don't meet specifically with the purpose of sharing business opportunities so that's incidental networking groups where they meet for one purpose you're a part of it, and within that group, there's people that you might want to have relationships with in business, but that's not the purpose of the group. That's number one. Number two is the intentional, specifically built for business sharing. 
They are your BNIs of the world. They are your meetups of the world. They are groups who clearly their specific purpose is for people to form a community and to share business opportunities. So you need to just decide, well, what sort of group am I joining? Is it one where I've got to self-generate discussions or is it one where the generation of discussions is part of how they operate so I can participate in the opportunity? That's where I would start, Jones. Yeah, that's a great place to start. Let's try and unpack uh, both of those situations and maybe what our listeners can do to leverage those environments. So if, if we pick the first one, those incidental groups. So that's not business networking. This will be everything else, as you've said, like interest groups, community groups, things like that, sporting groups. And they're coming together for community activity or general or specific interest, but not business. Um, What would we be thinking about doing if that was the case, Ash? We're going along once a week, once a month to a group. There's X people in the room. And I'm guessing, you know, we're doing that because we're actually interested in it. We're not going with the intention of, you know, doing the old um, MLM Tupperware style, like try and like, what's what's the one where you basically try and get all of your friends and family into a particular thing? Yeah, that's Tupperware or or Mary Kay or Avon or (laughs) any one of those MLM style businesses. But, you know, you've just nailed it. Like to me... You have to decide whether the group, if it's an incidental group, you have a common interest in what they do. Like if you don't have a common interest in what they do, don't join them because you're not going to get business opportunities unless you have a common interest. Now, as I said, that could be a charity or a social cause. It could be a sporting cause. It could be a community action group. It could be, um, you know, like Zonta, for example, which is an over 50s women's group that's been around forever you know they have a specific model and a specific purpose the purpose is not to generate business opportunities for each other the purpose is to raise money for charity or to you know improve the the lot of this particular social cause it could be youth suicide it could be homelessness it could be it could be uh you know women's shelter these things you must have an interest in you must be able to participate and have an interest and a passion for the purpose so that you've got a reason for being there. Yep. Not, oh, okay, yeah, 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 I, I just, you know, business opportunities. Let's talk about business. You understand that? that as obvious as that sounds, I do mm-hmm. see that mistake get made. Mm-hmm. You've got to make sure you share a common passion for the cause. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, and incidentally, you will be asked what you do for a living and people may ask you, about what you do and they might probe and you can obviously chat with them. You may get some clients out of it, but you're definitely not, you know, let's say a broker's, I'm going to go and hang out with some people talking about food and wine, but I don't really like food and wine, or I'm going to get into a hiking group because that means I can chew everybody's ear for two hours on the hike about mortgage broking. It's like, no, no, no. You have to be there for the, the particular interest. And then you will, as a byproduct most likely meet friends and get the occasional clients but as you said ash it's incidental and by the way um just need to ask whoa 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 um you mentioned a group for over 50 year old women like how are you across this my friend (laughs) (laughs) oh look uh, please don't ask me to explain uh to the listeners james but look i um uh, my mother and some of her friends, you know, women in their 60s and 70s. Zonta is an organisation 
of older women that you know that they have particular causes that they pursue um, but there's a, the criteria is older women so yes I have been accused uh, without sounding uh, biased of being an old woman before but uh, you're not going there I know you wouldn't go there James yeah of course not sounds great actually sounds like a great community um, it is um, but look you know it, it's this is a I really want to be clear about this um, delineation that the reason for joining that group is you've got something to offer around the, the, the common cause. Once you're in there and you're part of it, you can start to reach out privately and say, oh, I see that you're in an accounting business. You know, I'm in a mortgage business, so I'd love to catch up and tell you about what I do. Okay, great. But you're not there to do that. Definitely. Whereas what we want to talk about next, which is the groups that exist explicitly for the purpose of sharing business opportunities, and there's a big difference, right, because those groups generally – only allow, I know B&I works like this, there's only one chair available for each profession. Mm, that's true. So, you know, you uh, can't just join because you want to. That's it. And But I guess what we want to do is make the distinction too with the intentional networking groups. It's not just about going along. You know, just because you get into a B&I or another business networking group um, where there's an intention for sharing business, don't just assume that you're going to maximise it just because you're in the room. Like, and you, I'm the only mortgage broker in this chapter. Fantastic. It's just going to, you know, I'm going to get tons of business. Like, it doesn't work like that. You still need to actively leverage the group, leverage the opportunities, leverage the additional relationships. So let's just take BNI because a lot of people have heard of it, may even have, may even be in one. Um, if you're in a BNI, Ash, and let's say there's a weekly meet or a monthly meet, I actually don't know how they work. Um, and it's semi-structured. Someone's going to present. You probably actively have to share a referral on a card, back and forth. What, In addition to that structure, what would you be doing to take that networking group and your experience and results to the next level? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I'm not completely au fait with how BNI work, um, but they do, they do operate on a structure, um, as I understand it, along those lines, where there is... A particular requirement on every member to present and to share business opportunities. But you've got to be active. You can't just sit in a chair and expect it to fall in your lap. You've got to contribute. So there's that part of it. So, you know, and I do hear feedback occasionally, oh, I joined a BNI and oh, it's not really working. I'm like, well, how active were you? Oh, you know, I haven't really done that yet. I'm saying, well, you know, have a think about why you're there. So there, there is that. For me, obviously, I would be going, okay. There's a couple of ways that this might work. One is, of course, these referrals that might come through this organised process, i.e., you know, we had a meeting on Wednesday and Joe Blow got up and said, oh, Ash, I've got a referral for you for one of my clients for mortgage. Awesome. I'll contact them. So there's that. That will You'll pick up a referral here and there. To me, the bigger opportunity is to reach out to those people and say, hey, I'd like to talk to you about collaborating more closely on servicing your clients. Mm -hmm. Now, whatever type of business it is, it could be a financial sector business, could be real estate, uh, could be horticultural implements for all I know, all sorts of different businesses. But one thing they've got in common is they've all got people that they serve that may or may not need a mortgage. So for me, the bigger opportunity is to look from to explore more productive joint venture or collaborative key partnerships that flourish outside of the BNI structure. Yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. That 
uh, we, we take the BNI or whatever the networking group is and you play full out and you take it to the next level of actually strategically meeting up with uh, maybe select, maybe not all of them, but the ones that you can strategically align with and look to do joint ventures where you can have special offers, uh, sharing databases a bit more strategically, maybe running events together. Uh, there's some really cool things you can do. But yeah, I'd be thinking the same as you, Ash. Get into the BNI and think of that as the introduction. And then it's about going and developing those relationships one-on-one. Yep. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and um, you you nailed it. Like the BNI will be productive, and you've got to play full out, as you said. And that's a there's a fee to join. Like they're not free groups. It's, I don't think it's huge. So you play full out, but you use it as the gateway to bigger opportunities. Yeah, hundred percent. So let's transition into uh, a little bit more of a ninja strategy. Now, that's actually to build your own networking group. Now, some of our members uh, that we've worked with, we, we've coached through this. We've actually done it ourselves in our business, and that's essentially building your own networking group of alliance partners. Now, when you're building a business, we know that partnerships are incredibly valuable for you know warm referrals and sharing databases and cross promotion because it's in the best interests of uh, each person's clients. Uh, and what better way to uh, foster this is than to develop a group? You know, Ash, like let's say you've got mm. five key strategic partners and those partners you're constantly keeping in touch with every week or two, you're updating them, you're meeting them for coffees and lunches, you're working on how to uh, cross-promote and work closer together to share business and support each other. That's great. It's even more powerful if you bring people together that can all benefit from a networking group. Um, and this is what some of our clients have done, Ash, and it's what we did to um, closely or more more closely collaborate with key partners to develop bigger and better outcomes for you know the industry and everybody's separate businesses. It's really powerful. Oh, it sure is. And, and there's a couple of different uh, uh, streams of thought I've got on this, but um, I'll, I'll start with... Uh, you know, this. Uh, I remember, as an example, um, oh, some years ago, uh, a, a friend of mine who ran a financial planning business decided to start a networking group just about 20 years ago. You know, financial planning business, mortgage business, accounting business, conveyancing business, legal business. So got all these people together, met for lunch, you know, a bit of a, uh, a wine and a wine and uh, steak type thing. Um, so it became really good like that. And it was a, it was a great catch up. It ended up petering out reasonably rapidly. And my diagnosis is because there was no real clarity about how we actually work together. It was a great meeting up. It was, it was all blokes back then, uh, five or six guys who owned businesses saying, yeah, let's meet up, um, you know, let, let's talk, let's network, uh, let, you know, just share thoughts, which was all good. But the facilitator, the guy, there was no clear mandate or, or, or process to say, okay, here's how we can work together. We can do joint marketing. Uh, maybe we can set up um, sessions where we all present to one and each other's database. There was no coordinated approach. It was just, let's get together and chat and see what happens. Now, there is some value in that and some little bit of business was done, but it runs out of puff because just catching up for the sake of catching up, you know, uh, 
unless you like having a steak and a couple of bottles of wine every couple of weeks, which you might. But that runs out of puff when you're trying to build a business and you're trying to build inflows of customers. You want to know that the group you're a part of has got a clear strategy and it's an imprimatur to work with each other to generate business. So so that's that's the sort of a learning I took out of that. Um, then it's, okay, back to what you said about creating your own. A couple of examples. Um, you know, we've got a, a couple of members that we work with that have created their own B&I groups. Rather than be part of someone else's, they decided, you know, how does this work? Okay, I think I might look into opening up my own. And they're both crushing it, you know. I know of one example where the business has gone from two or three mil a month to 10 or 12 million a month. And a lot of it's feeding off their own B&I that's now got 40 members. So that's awesome. But there's another example of a couple of guys I know, one of who's a mortgage broker and the other one's, um, I think he's just a facilitator, ex-army guy. They started a community, a networking group online uh, using LinkedIn, but also using one of the other social apps. I think it was WhatsApp or Telegram, just to collect people together into a community where they shared information, they cheered each other on, they shared opportunities. That that group grew to over 500 and has now exploded with business opportunities. And it's, a, it's, it's now gone from purely online. They now have state-based meetups and they're sharing photos of each other, you know, 100 people in a room at a state-based catch-up, meeting each other, networking. It all started with a group of people connecting online and starting a community. That's so cool. I love that. And it, it just demonstrates the power of building something that people want to be a part of, um, whether it's a networking group or, you know, as we know, Ash, like a lot, of, all of our listeners are in the mortgage industry, right? But little do they know that they should be in the education of mortgages and property and wealth creation and saving money industries because when you build something that people want to pay attention to and you focus on that, all the business is going to come. Like, you yeah. know, as the number one, you know, struggle for a lot of businesses as they try and scale is getting enough lead flow and like a lot of lead flow. If you want to start writing two, three, four hundred million dollars a year or even a billion dollars a year, like some of our clients have goals like that. Uh, you're not going to get that volume from just running some Facebook ads and you're not going to get that volume from one or two real estate agents. Like you, that's where you need to own and control a almost like a separate arm of the business that feeds your business, like an education business or a podcast will feed a mortgage business. A networking group when built really well, and I, I know the example that you mentioned of that uh, alumni of ours that's built their own group to 50 plus people, that group, which is, would have taken a bunch of time and money and effort, is now feeding a $100, $200 million a year mortgage business. And right. I think I love the way that tied in because it's such a powerful strategy, but there is a lot of discipline and commitment and leadership because our listeners, you know, if you put something like this together, whether you build it yourself or go to one that's already in place, you've got to drive it. And you've got to leverage it. You can't just expect by showing up, it's going to work. Yeah, you've got to be strategically intentional. And I guess there's even a step before that. It's like, well, what is my strategy? And I think this is something where we, we spend a lot of time with the, the people we work with, right, James, is, okay, there's all these wonderful things you could be doing, one of which is networking. Okay, incidental, intentional, create your own group, be part of someone else's group. At, at, at a snapshot level, they look like a great idea. 
where do they fit into your bigger strategy with where you are now, where your team is, where you're heading, the role you want to play in the business? There's all these other pieces that need to wrap around where this networking group fits into your strategy. Once you've got that reasonably coalesced in your mind, you don't have to have, you know, every T and every I crossed and dotted, but you do need to have a reasonably well-formed concept of the intent of this networking strategy that allows you to play it out properly over time without going in for a month or two hot and heavy, not getting immediate results and going, oh, this doesn't work and giving up. Yeah, that's probably a, a great place to summarise and wrap up, isn't it, Ash? The fact that mm. like with all episodes that we uh, put out to the market to, to help brokers, this being one of them, this is one of many strategies. So we're not saying, listeners, you need to go and join a networking group. You don't need to build your own. What we're saying is, this is how to do it right. But as you said, Ash, taking even one or two steps back, it always comes back to listeners that you have to start with your own goal, your own plan, and then you need the right advice to say, is this even a strategy you should be implementing? Maybe it's not, maybe it is. Um, And I thought that's a good reminder for everybody just to sort of, you know, take a breath and a step back because we put so much good stuff out every week in this podcast, Ash over 100-odd episodes, and I want our listeners to, you know, want to remind our listeners that to build a super successful mortgage business, it's not about doing everything in these last 100-odd episodes. It's about doing a few things really well at the right time, in the right order, and in the right way, and you're just never going to know what those are unless you get the right advice and map it out. 100% 100% right, James. Couldn't have said it better myself. I hope everybody gets that out of this episode. That is, here's the DNA of what networking looks like. Networking groups, intentional, incidental, this one, that one. Here's what they look like at a descriptive level and ideally how you should approach them. Then you've got to step back, go up the 30,000 foot and look down and see where that fits into the landscape of your business. And if you're not sure because you've been so busy, you haven't had a chance to, to zoom out, well, that's where you need to get advice. You know, get somebody else who you can talk to that allows you to formulate that landscape and then identify where the networking fits in. 100%. Yeah. Love this. It's been a good discussion. Listeners, I hope you've enjoyed it. If you're thinking about using networking groups, well, you know, play full out, leverage them fully. If you're going to participate like anything, do it well or don't do it at all. And, uh, you know, if you do decide to use it, listen to this episode again. Come and knock on our door and we can help you. So... Um, Have a fantastic week, Ash. Been another good chat. Looking forward to next week. Likewise, James, will do. See you next time. See you, everybody. Bye. Thanks for joining this episode of Mortgage Broker Acceleration. It's now time to grow your mortgage business, your income, and your lifestyle too. If you want to accelerate and learn from the best, head over to brokerworkshop.com and join the next deep dive training with James and Ash. That's www.brokerworkshop.com. Until next time, go get them.